bigger game in not just the Big 12, but in all of college football than Texas LSU Saturday night in Austin. College game day is going to be in town. It is going to be a fantastic weekend for the Longhorns. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. And we're going to be joined by Justin Wells inside Texas right here on the show. Before we do that, just a reminder, please do leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, however you get your podcast. And if you leave that rating and review, we'll send you a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Just email me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail. We are sending several out every single week. So thanks so much to you guys. All right, Justin, let's get right to it. This Texas team under Tom Herman, Justin, has not had a lot of blowouts. They got one in week one against Louisiana Tech. How big was that for this team, especially as they get ready for a massive week two game? I think it was good from for, from different angles. One, uh, the team, this is a team that has started, you know, Herman has started 0-2 in his first two seasons, 0-1 in his first two seasons at Texas. And so winning that first game seemed to be a little bit of a hurdle. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins were, were kind of in the way there for the first two years of the Herman regime, and so I think for the for the team getting that Week One win, going one and zero, was nice, and 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 also in the fact that Louisiana Tech was a pretty good team. Uh, they had played LSU incredibly well the year before, Georgia the year before that, and so I, I think it was good to just finally go one and zero to start a season uh, to kind of quell the fans back, and also with a lot of Week One opponents, you want that confidence factor. You've been at camp for a month, and you really want to see execution. You want to see some of your younger players getting to play. And Texas got to do all of that. They played a ton of freshmen, a lot of underclassmen. And like you said, they, they, there aren't a lot of blowouts in Austin in, in the Herman era. But, but to actually take out uh, Louisiana Tech, who threw the ball 54 times, they have a tremendous quarterback. they got a good wide receiver core uh, to, to really to, to hold them to a 45-14 win. I think it was good in, in, in all facets. So, Justin, as you look at both sides of the ball, I mean, the, the defense was replacing eight starters. It looked really good, as you mentioned. I mean, basically pitched a shutout until the game did not matter anymore. Um, who on that side of the ball impressed you most of guys that, you know, I know that they're all four or five-star guys, but who did you not see coming on Saturday and one of the new faces on defense? Well, if I say that if I didn't see it coming, I'm probably not doing my job. But I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Jalen Green, uh, true sophomore cornerback, number three uh, out of Houston Heights. Uh, we had seen a lot of good stuff from him in the spring, saw a lot of good that, that carried over into, into fall camp. And then like you saw on Saturday, he's a tremendous ball hawk. He's an island man. This is a guy that can stay out on the corner and, and can do a tremendous job. And, and this being his first start, I think uh, we really wanted just to see how he would how he would react. I mean, Adrian Hardy's a, a excellent wide receiver at La Tech, and so he did a tremendous job in that aspect. And so I think that was I wouldn't say a surprise, but it was definitely something of a uh, something that you wanted to see. Demarvion Overshone, they call him the Overshone, number thirty-one. The guy plays safety. He plays some rover. He plays some joker. He's six-four, two-twenty. And you just got to find a spot for him on the field. Like you said, the defense replaced eight starters last year, but the guys they replaced them with were the four and five star guys. The talent that that Herman and his team have been 
gathering over the last few seasons. And so Overshown was big coming off the edge. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had an interception. Joseph Osai uh, with two interceptions. One obviously was called back to pick six. Uh, but he was another one that kind of burst out. And so I think the the best part, uh, the thing that surprised me the most with the defense was Texas had kind of, kind of gone to a 3-8, mm-hmm. which is three down linemen and eight DBs. Uh, I like to call it the 38 special. <laughs> and they uh, really executed that very well for it to go against a team that was going to throw the ball a lot. And so if there was any really surprises, it was those sophomores uh, that, that were making their first major starts, making their first big-time uh, contributions in Overshone and Green. And, and that defense showing that even though they replaced so much, the guys that they brought in are bigger, faster, and more talented. Justin, uh, when you look at, at the other side of the ball and Sam Ellinger, you know, I want to talk about how much you expect him to be utilized in the running game again. Uh, th- we know the backfield uh, continues to be depleted behind Keontae Ingram. Are they going to be able, is Tom Herman going to be able to protect Ellinger more this year than he did last year? Or is that guy going to have to run the ball, you know, 12, 15 times a game if this team wants to win a Big 12 title and more? I think it's the latter. I think he's going to have to to go to the well 12 or 15 times a game and run the ball to keep Texas in these games. And and it's because of what you said, that the running back backfield is is a disaster. I mean, you, you go into camp with, with, with five scholarship running backs and, and a walk-on as a six that, that could be a scholarship back at other schools, and you're down to one mm-hmm. in week one, week two, and so it was it was it was the worst case scenario, I guess you could say, for for this offense. And so they're going to lean heavily on sophomore Keontae Ingram. He's got a ton of upside. Uh, that's a kid that was the best running back in Texas in, in the class of 2018. He, he he came in came on last year and did a really good job as a freshman. He's up to 220 now, so he's ready to take more of a load. And he's a volume carry kid. He led uh, his high school at Carthage High School to three uh, state championships, essentially on the on his shoulders uh, of being a volume carry guy. But Sam Ellinger's gonna have to to run the ball. I think it's gonna have to be managed more with the down and distance, the long runs, the third and longs compared to the fourth and twos and things of that sort. Uh, I think Texas would like to go tempo, but it's hard to do that when you don't have a, a stall of, of running backs coming in and out to rotate. And so they may want to slow the game down just a little bit so that they don't get Ellinger wore out. Mm-hmm. Because I, I believe Herman even said this might be the best defense they've faced, at least most talented, since they've been in Austin. I mean, LSU is absolutely loaded on the defensive side of the ball with athletes, very similar to, to, to how Texas is. And so for Ellinger's uh, durability, I think they're going to have to really manage that. I do think he'll, he'll, it'll be a 12-15 carry game against LSU. I don't know if that's going to carry over throughout the entire Big 12 because at some point, you will get guys back, Daniel Young, Jordan Whittington, uh, of, you know, of those sorts. And so I don't know how long they're going to have to, but this weekend it's going to have to get, the ball is going to be, have to be in Sam's hands quite a bit. And, and he's come along so much as a passer. I mean, now he's considered a quarterback prospect in the NFL because his passing ability has gotten so much better, not to mention all the other intangibles for six foot two and a half, 227 pound quarterback. At the end of the day, I think you're right. I think they're going to have to lean on him mm-hmm. a little bit more because of the running back situation, and you'll certainly see that on Saturday night at DKR. 
Hey guys, Pete Mundo here, and now that we're actually in the college football season, it's here. Well, there's only one place to make those Big 12 bets, and that's mybookie.ag. I'm using them. I hope you will as well. It's the only place I'd recommend to my listeners. Use the promo code BIG12, that's one word, BIG12, at mybookie.ag for a 100% sign-up bonus with a minimum deposit of $45 and a maximum deposit of $1,000. And I guess I should point this out, BIG12 is BIG12. Don't spell out BIG12, just BIG12, one word. At mybookie, you bet, you win, and they pay. MyBookie lets you bet on which college coaches are going to get fired, who's going to make the playoff, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy, can OU do it again. You can bet on halftime lines, live odds, even the FBS versus the FCS games. It's all at mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12, up to $1,000 in the first deposit, minimum deposit of $45. So MyBookie, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and the promo code BIG12, that's one word, BIG12. MyBookie.ag, bet, win, get paid. Justin Wells joining us, a managing editor inside Texas, doing great work there covering the Longhorns. All right, let's 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 get to this game, and let's um, remember history a little bit. I mean, you know this as well as anybody, Justin. Uh, this team almost did not fire Charlie Strong before that TCU loss at the end of the, I guess that would have been 2016 season. They end up basically taking Tom Herman out of LSU's hands, which makes this game that much more intriguing. What what is your memory of of that week when you know Strong loses the Kansas game? He then loses the TCU game. You know, there's rumors about Herman. With how this played out, what's your what's your memory of that time? It was uh, you know from someone that 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 helps run a website and magazine. Uh, it's it's great. <laughs> because yeah. uh, anytime you're in a, a coaching transition, uh, memberships tend, tend to go up. Clicks tend to go up. <laughs> fans want to know who's going to be the next guy, what's going to be the next big thing. Um, I think we kind of knew about it. And if you read this at Inside Texas, this wasn't you know us just guessing, but about a year before Charlie was let go, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, you know, they had a big opening win against Notre Dame in 2016. That was a huge game. Uh, and that that come come to find out, both teams you know finished the season unranked, and I believe with both had losing records. And so, at, towards the middle of the season, it was pretty much known at Inside Texas that Charlie wasn't going to return. And we had some we had some clues, and, and we even reported that you know that Tom Herman was probably going to be on the top of the, the the wish list once the decision for Charlie to to resign and, and step down uh, came through. And then, of course, there were a few reports that LSU was going after with Tom Herman. Uh, our sources were, were actually very solid the entire time. They said that Tom Herman was going to Texas. It was only going to be Texas. Uh, I read in the Sports Illustrated story yesterday where one LSU source said it was always going to be Texas, which actually confirmed what we had been reporting from the start. Um, I think, obviously, LSU was circling the wagons. It's a major, major program of blue blood, and they were looking for one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the game. But with Herman's history at coaching at Texas as a young GA, knowing the potential of what you can do in Austin with talent and with winning, uh, it, it was a little bit of a roller coaster that week. But uh, my, my partner at Inside Texas, Eric Nolene, and I, we stayed firm. We, we really felt strongly that Herman in Texas was a done deal. Uh, that a lot of it was kind of um, uh, 
a lot of speculation, but not a lot of truth. And at the end of the day, it, it, it was actual truth that, that Tom Herman was going to Texas the entire time. And, and then LSU got their guy in Ed O. And at the end of the day, Longhorn fans were happy with, with who they got. If you ask them again today, I think they would be extremely happy with Herman's decision. Absolutely. Justin, how, how much do Texas fans, I mean, do they view this game as like uh, rah-rah for the Big 12, Big 12 SEC, or are they kind of uh, tunnel vision, hey, this is about us, this is about you know accomplishing our goals of hopefully a college football playoff appearance, or is there some, hey, we want to put the Big 12 on our on our shoulders here? I don't think you see the conference affiliation with other conferences like you do in the SEC. I don't think the Big 12, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 10 for that matter, I don't feel like that's a, a, a drawing card for them. I don't feel like it's a lack of superiority maybe. Uh, you all, And you only see it in the SEC with really the lower-ring lower schools. You really don't hear Alabama screaming SEC. You don't hear LSU screaming SEC. You really only hear it out of College Station, to be honest with you. And yeah. for Texas, I don't think it's so much about the Big 12 as much as it is beating a very, very good opponent. They just so happens to be in the SEC. You know, Herman mentioned yesterday in, the, in his press conference, if you want to you know, win big games, if you want to become a great team, a championship team, you have to beat teams like this. And to, to schedule, I love how Texas does their non-conference scheduling. It is incredible. Some of the teams that are going to be coming to Austin and where they're going to be going over the next five to seven years is it, it, it's really, you know, from Alabama to Ohio State to Georgia, it, it's really remarkable. And LSU, is, is it's, it's a great game for, for the fans. I mean, you're going to see 102,000, 103,000 packed into DKR on Saturday night, national television on ABC. And, and Texas fans aren't worried, and Texas players aren't worried about, you know, helping the Big 12. They're worried about going 1-0 and on Saturday and beating a very talented LSU team. Who, if you got to watch... Uh, the replay of, of them with Georgia Southern, LSU kind of resembles a Big 12 team now, especially on the offense with the way they spread the ball around. Joe Burrow looked incredible. I think you're looking at two really, really good teams, and it's only going to make Saturday that much better. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, joining us. All right, Justin, what do you need to see the Longhorns improve on from week one heading into week two against LSU to pull off this upset? I think Texas has to have better corner play. They've got some really young, talented corners. We talked earlier about Jalen Green. I don't really think you have to worry about him, but it's the other spot. They're trying to find the other guy to fill in that spot. They thought it was going to be Anthony Cook, who had really had a a breakout freshman season, uh, showed a lot of promise, kind of taking a step back in fall camp. He didn't look that great against La Tech, and so you've also got Deshaun Jameson. You got Kobe Boyce, who's the starter, who made some plays, but also uh, you know missed a couple of big plays as well. Then you got true freshman Kenyatta Watson, the second big time corner out of Grayson, Georgia, who's also in the, in the line for snaps. My biggest worry is going to be corner play. The 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 thing that helps Texas, they have tremendous safeties, and, and they've even got linebackers at safety and safeties at linebacker. It's crazy how athletic and hybrid these guys are, and LSU is very similar. But you still got to have guys on that island. And, and, and other than Jalen Green, Texas has to find another guy for that island. It's, Anthony Cook has to step up, or Kobe Boyce, or Deshaun Jamison, or Kenyatta Watson the second. One of those guys has to step up. And, and for that to happen, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to have guys make plays. You're going to have to come in with confidence. 
And if, if you can't get revved up for LSU and their tremendous talent at wide receiver from Terrace Marshall to Jamar Chase, then you're playing in the wrong game. And so my, my main concern is, is, is solid corner play has to happen for Texas to have a chance to win this game. Very interesting stuff. Well, Justin, uh, last thing for you here. How juiced? I didn't realize it had been 10 years since a college game day in Austin. How, how jacked up is the fan base for that? I, I don't know if the fan base is as excited as Chris Del Conte, the athletic director. <laughs> this guy, I don't know if you, if you ever noticed, he's one of the best in the business. He interacts with fans on Twitter like unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. He's been so tremendous at building up the game day experience, Bevo Boulevard, you know, all the things that he's, he, he's put around the stadium for the fans. It's been, it's just been a hundred percent of a home run. I think he's probably more excited than anybody, but the fact that game day's coming back, uh, you know, a few years ago, Kirk Herb street called it a cesspool. He's certainly regretting that statement today because Austin, Texas is one of the best cities in the world. It's so it, 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 it's really a symbolic of the, of the state and, and what the University of Texas offers. Uh, I think that fans is going to be tremendous, win or lose. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. And I, you know, I've, I've got to I've watched Texas LSU before in the 2002 Cotton Bowl on a really cold January 1st morning, uh, and and so. I've seen those LSU fans, and they're rowdy. They're some of the best fans in all of college sports. And so when you mix up a game day atmosphere and the LSU crowd coming into Austin, man, I'm excited right now, Pete. I'm already ready for kickoff, and we still got four or five more days. I tell you what, Justin, I am uh, jacked up as well, my man. Counting down the Saturday nights. Great to get your insights. Fantastic stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Pete. Justin Wells, fantastic insight inside Texas, joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Can't thank him enough for his time. Uh, That was a great conversation. Once again, please leave a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It helps us out a ton, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Really appreciate it, guys. The week one recap show dropped yesterday, interview today, and then we've also got, of course, the preview show. Don't miss that. That will drop tomorrow. We've got you covered here on Big 12 Football. I'm Pete Mundo. We are heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great week, guys, and we'll talk to you soon.